but Star Wars. Three dudes talking Star Wars. It's just their thing. Star Wars. Just talking Star Wars. From episode one wars. And everything else. And hey, how about Jar Jar Binks? Forget about old boss Nass. We'll cover some cool creatures too. Like Jawas and Twi'leks and those nasty uts. Star Wars. We're talking about Star Wars. Join us for some fun wars. Let us Hey, it's Pod Racers, a Star Wars podcast. It's Damon, Matt, and Alan with you on a, uh, a beautiful November the 9th. We're recording here, and we're going to be talking Mandalorian, um, Chapter 10, Season 2. We're going to be talking Clone Wars, and we're also going to be talking some pretty outstanding news that I found. Um, gentlemen, how are you today? I'm good. I'm Alan? doing great. I'm doing great. It's, uh, the weather is gorgeous in the nation's capital. Uh, the skies are darker now because we had daylight savings time, but uh, the sun during the day shines just a little brighter because, let me put it in Star Wars terms for you, one evil empire has fallen to the resistance. <laughs> uh, let's get into some Star Wars news before we get into the shows. Um, Heels, you'll love this one. Ron Howard tells Lights, Camera, Barstool that growing fan support for making a second solo film bodes well for f- the future for a possible solo two film. Thought, thoughts on but that? It, it's not even like the hope of it. A solo two film just makes absolute sense with everything that they're early in the Star Wars universe around, you know, bringing back Obi-Wan and Darth Maul and wondering whatever happened to him and how he got to talking to Obi-Wan again in the new series. Uh, you know, it can help Create the underworld that's going to be needed for future Star Wars shows, such as Obi Wan. So to me, it's a no-brainer. I, I don't understand since that movie gave up, came back on Netflix and on uh, Disney Plus. Apparently, one of the most frequently downloaded and viewed films. It just makes sense that it was given it's been given a second life because it was ignored so much the first time around that maybe it's worth a sequel. Uh, it was definitely like experiencing Star Wars burnout at that time, I think, right? Absolutely. Do you think, do you think yeah. it was burnout or do you think it was, um, what was it, Last Jedi? And it it was just bad timing after yeah. a bad movie. I think it was both. Because I, I look both. I, I, have a, I think there was I a burnout just, of people were just over Star Wars. And at the time, they announced how many prequels and trilogies and things like that that were going to be coming out, people were like, okay, okay, that's enough. <laughs> but, well, I, like, I some struggle people with drew the line in the sand and said, yeah, there were a lot of people that hated The Last Jedi a lot and said, okay, I'm not going to see this movie as a message to <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy. But I think a lot of people were just like, you know what, I just need a break from Star Wars. I like it, but not this much. Imagine if there was a Marvel film released every two months. That's what it felt like with the frequency of Star Wars movies. 
Are you kidding me? Marvel sometimes. <laughs> Marvel movies are way more frequent than Star Wars movies. Yeah. Yeah, but the difference is they're good. <laughs> I, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I struggle with fatigue, Star Wars fatigue because I don't think that's the case. I think you came out with The Force Awakens, which had potential, right? I wouldn't say it was a great movie, but it had potential. Like, it, it was car- kind yeah, of carbon copy. It's like no, a springboard. They could have I, gone in I don't so think many it directions. Stunk. I don't think it stunk. It it had its place if you told the story correctly moving forward. <laughs> but it was a carbon copy of A New Hope. Like, there was nothing new as far as that goes. So you, you have that, plus you had The Last Jedi, which you take out the casino scene on its own. Pretty good movie. Just not really a Star Wars film. Really entertaining movie, that's for sure. Yeah, like it was, it was gorgeous. Yeah, and there was like the lightsaber battle in the throne room was fantastic. You've got the battle at the end. Yeah, yeah, like I and say what you will about Luke, that whole ending for Luke was pretty phenomenal. But it it didn't make sense in the crux of the story. So you Uh, add that and after episode. Well, our episode nine came out. It made absolutely no sense. In the context oh, uh, of the yeah, hundred percent, a hundred percent. It can like, but that's what I'm yeah, saying. No, and we don't need to. But like, that's. I don't think it's Things fatigue. Are too good right now for me to, have to bring this <laughs> I don't think it's fatigue. I think it was just poor story, which led well, to we don't need solo right now. Why are you telling us this? My point is, it was a combination of fatigue and dislike of the direction of Star Wars Universe. For guys like Matt and I, who are always going to tough it out and always watch Star Wars films, even I was like, okay, that's enough Star Wars. And maybe it was the fatigue. And maybe it was because I was tired of talking about Star Wars and trying to have to defend TLJ against like a bunch of toxic Star Wars fans online. And I was already, and like they were already spitting out stupid rumors about what Solo was going to be like based on whatever those internet nerds on Reddit pass a storyline spoiler and, and people are crapping over a film that hadn't even come out yet so you kind of get to the point where like okay I can't do this and that's fair and that's fair I will say this the Star Wars fandom is fatiguing big time but at the same time things like the Mandalorian have done a great job of like convincing people that you know Disney can do good things with Star Wars. Oh, I, not it. I will. Uh, I'll fight that a little bit. Coming up in just a minute. <laughs> um, apparently, moving on. Um, filming will begin on a Boba Fett spinoff series starting next. Um, in the next couple of weeks, actually. And apparently, we'll get it. Takes well, spoiler. That's kind of crappy. Why he survives. <laughs> I guess they could always go before. I guess they could do prequels. Doesn't necessarily have to be after Mando. They haven't said anything like that, as far as we know. Now, yeah, I guess that's true with the Mandalorian story. Obviously, mm. if they're if they're doing a Boba Fett spinoff, it'll be either what happened between Return of the Jedi and mm-hmm. where we are with Mando now. Because I kind of have a feeling. I'm going to throw this out there. I kind of have a feeling he's. He is um, uh, a Tuscan Raider. Possibly. I saw I saw a good theory video on that too. 
I get that. That's the sense I get of it. But you uh, know what? That... I think I think it is a spoiler now because you know what? If Mando kills him, there would really be no reason to do a prequel series on him, right? You're right. You're right. Like because he's just dead. Like why would we have a whole season of Boba Fett before he dies? So like he's got to survive. Unless they go really far back in Boba's history, and I don't think they do that with the, with the actor. Like they're going oh, to yeah. take advantage of the older actor. Yeah, because Tamura Morrison is going to be in it. Well, that sucks. I wanted to see Boba die. I just hope the Mando just like freaking lop his head off like his father. You can't. You can't with the dark saber. <laughs> with with a purple lightsaber that he found on Coruscant. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Um. I, you can't kill Boba. I don't think you can kill Boba. Know. He's not a child anymore. You can kill him. But he, <laughs> yeah, but you you already you already hacked him pretty good in Return of the Jedi yeah, to bring that's... him back and just kill him off. Like make him cool. I hope so. Make I, him I, make him relevant. I try to like Boba Fett. I just have a hard time doing it. I don't I don't get the the fandom with Boba. He looks cool, sure. But he I, did. And I think that's it. At the end of the day, I it was so. only because he looks cool in that armor. People were like, I like that guy. And yeah. I don't know his story, and I don't want to know anything about his story, so don't tell me it. I'm just going to pretend he's this cool space cowboy guy. <laughs> Bounty hunter. And that's yeah. what it is. No, yeah. I feel like that's the thing about Boba. Is the more you start revealing about him, the more the magic disappears. Um, yeah, but there's no magic. Not for me, just because of the way he died. But yeah, there's, there's supposedly, no... I guess he didn't die anymore. No, um, I, yeah, exactly. There's yeah. no magic to Boba Fett. He was, he was. I always took him as a joke. Well, I think it grew out of the Star Wars Holiday Special, though, didn't it? Because he yes, showed up did. first in that with his like laser gun or whatever, whatever yeah. that thing is that Mando has as well. The uh, yeah, yeah, I, disintegrator or whatever. Yeah, the disintegrating gun. That thing is deadly. It's <laughs> sick. Um, take this for what it's worth. Rumor is Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill are wanted back for some sort of upcoming production. No word on what that might be, but is this maybe the start of a Disney reboot to the sequel trilogy? That is an interesting question. I have no idea why they would come back. I think I think Mark Hamill. I, see here, I think Harrison Ford's more likely to come back than Mark Hamill. Really? Because yes. he was a voice in this episode of Mandalorian. Mark Hamill was yes. I mean, in the in like on screen. I think Mark Hamill would if it wasn't for Kathleen Kennedy. I agree. I think because he really I expressed think, a lot of dislike for what she and yes. the directors that she hired. I guess. I think you should do. Yes, yeah, but that's the funny think... thing though is Mark Hamill has come out and said that he he'd love to do another film with Ryan Johnson. So it's clearly it's not a Ryan Johnson thing. It's not right. Ryan Johnson is a celebrated director. Director. He's made he made I, hits before I, the Last Jedi. He's made a massive hit with Knives Out. So I will say this again. The man knows how to make film. Yes, I will say it again. The Last Jedi was not a bad movie. It was a yeah. bad Star Wars film. Yeah. In the context of everything around it, yes. I like it was. I can watch the Last Jedi over and over and Ryan, be happy. Ryan Johnson is far too nice to ever talk negatively about his experience on a film. I, he still says it was great, but yeah. I guarantee you, you, put a few whiskey sours in him, he would probably <laughs> yeah. rant and rave about all the stupid things he had to like try to correct 
that in the plot guidelines of Disney probably game. I guarantee you that whole that whole casino scene was probably jammed in there by Disney to like make sure that they have enough animals in there and to you know create the <laughs> illusion of like more Jedi kids out there to make up for the fact that Luke stabbed a bu- or Anakin stabbed a bunch of them in George oh. Lucas' film. Oh. Gotta gotta tie it to that, eh? And then Ryan probably tried to salvage it with like, trying to throw that message in about, like, hey guys, everybody profits from war, so there's value in keeping this battle between the Empire and the Resistance going. And that, yep. Which I thought was a, could have been a great plot for a third film, about how well, both sides are being played by industrialists. Or yeah, or, and you know. Snoke was the leader of the industrialists. <laughs> and that's the thing. Something cool that, like been that would have been funny. like. That would have been cool because hey, everyone can relate to that. Like everyone yeah. understands what the war machine is like and how many people make money off it, and who cares about civilians and people who die. Entire planets could be blown away if it means a better profit, profit and share save for the for the board. Okay. I really want to get into the story of the sequel trilogy, <laughs> but we can't. I want to so bad. My number one complaint: Why would Palpatine make a clone? And have it look like Snoke when he can just when he can just clone himself. Well, I think the thing with Palpatine cloning himself is that his powers were too strong for his body to sustain him, which is why he had to stay on Exegol hooked up to yes. that machine. I, I just uh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's all I've got for you. Yeah, like the official sound of the new trilogy. Uh, okay. I can't wait till the I can't wait till the new new trilogy comes out. <laughs> but again, there were some good things in the trilogy. It's just unfortunate that it was hampered by lack of preparation and lack of vision. Um, okay, so a little what, too much Kathleen Kennedy. Um, on. Hey, speaking of Boba that, Fett. Speaking of that, we we are getting closer to the year 2021, which would mean the end of that contract. Hmm. So, <laughs> somebody needs to create a site. The countdown to Kathleen Kennedy being gone. Like the countdown to Christmas site. The exact same thing. Just Kath- countdown to Kathleen Kennedy. Um, exactly. What do you guys want to do? Do you want to do Mando first, or do you want to do Clone Wars first? I'm easy. Do uh, Mando first because I've got a hard stop uh, at 6:30 for another Done. movie. Let's do it. Okay, so. We'll get right into a chapter 10. This was a scale... I don't want to call it a scale-back issue or episode of The Mandalorian, but coming off of what was the hottest episode of Mandalorian, by far, I, I don't think anybody's in disagreement with that, right? Nope. Uh, I think there were some people who said that could have been a Episode 7? Maybe? Or chapter 7? Do you think chapter 7 was hotter than this one? I don't know. Maybe I'm like, I don't know, man. I gotta say the okay. We all knew the Boba Fett was coming. Mm-hmm. We all knew, but it still blew me away when I saw it. Like yeah, I, I wasn't still, expecting I, to see it at the last, like sn- snuck in there at the end. Yeah, like it yeah. blew me away. I would say the thing I that so came. Too. I thought I thought Boba Fett was gonna be a slow build for the season. Like, but it's, it still it still could be. Kind of is. Yeah, it's just a well, quick little shot. But you know he's there now, him. right? Like, yeah, yeah, and we, you don't follow spoilers, you don't follow the news. Now you know Boba Fett's part of the show. Sure. 
Well, we did. If you didn't, if you didn't do any of that, you wouldn't know who that was. Correct. Oh yeah, you would. No, because you don't hear his name unless unless he's named in the credits. Okay, but you would assume he's one of uh, the fat clones from. Yes, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'd have to be right because, like, the, like so yeah, many. I, I remember hearing. I remember hearing people saying stuff about how, like, ooh, maybe that's Captain Rex, or maybe that's one of the uh, the other clones. And I'm like, that makes no sense. They would be way older. Yeah, Rex has got a white beard by the end of Return of the Jedi. Actually, he has a white beard in uh, Rebels. Yeah. And, well, the thing about yeah. Boba is that he was a normal child, right? He didn't. Yes, he didn't have. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I would He's imagine lit- all the clones are dead by the time Mandalorian's on. Uh, well, no, not necessarily. Rex could still be alive. I guess so. Like I he was their longevity was like. Yeah, they, we, we got accelerated. They didn't really. They kind of failed a little bit when they said that that's Captain Rex in Return of the Jedi. Like, yeah. if that, if that's Rex, how is he still alive? If he's has a growth accelerant, like. Yeah. What is does the growth accelerant just stop when he gets to adult age and then he advances as normal? Yeah, it almost What's seems the, like what ten years is like thirty. Yeah, long, maybe. Exactly. So, like, what what's where's the cutoff point with that? Like, is after the return of the Jedi, is he like, what would he be? Close to forty? No, not even. He could be like, how long were the the Clone Wars. Clone Wars are at what, three, four years? Something like that, yeah. So he's like 25, 26, and he looks like he's 60. So it'd be, he'd be 30 something years old, but he'd be like 90. <laughs> he's a puppy dog, is what we're saying. Um, but Boba Fett, no, Boba Fett is his age. Like he's as old as. His age. So. Yeah, he's like 45 or 50 or something probably by now. Yeah, something like that. So it's interesting that that's kind of the case. So this episode opens up. I love the opening. I love the ambush. The fight with the... Well done. Yeah, I, I like the... It wasn't a Jawa, but it was, it was kind of a Jawa. Like it, yeah, it was like a bounty hunting Jawa. Yeah, and I like... I like how the Manda handled it, kind of negotiating what was going on. Yeah. Oh, that's what they are. They're, they're negotiating people. Yeah. I also, well, the Mando's I also... really turned out to be a good negotiator, eh? He's kind yeah. of a politician now. Like, he's... He's all about... He's good at de-escalating and using yeah. his words as he is as using his weapons. And he uses both in this case. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I actually like that in that scene there, there's like some... Some dropping of of things to come because yeah. those those three are out for the child, eh? Like they know that's the mark. But like, do right? they? Like, they say get did, the child. Oh, they do say that. Oh, I they do that. say it. Oh, yeah, they say get the child. Did they have one of the the markers or whatever? I don't the think fobs? so. I don't know, but I don't think they did. They didn't show it at least anyway. Um, Interesting. Yeah, and and so it's like, how did they know to ambush them there? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, like, they, they knew what they were doing. Like, they knew it was Mando. Like, even the Jawa-looking dude, he could have asked for Boba Fett's armor, but he looked at it, and then he asked for Mando's jetpack. So he knew what Mando's jetpack was. Yep. Right? And he obviously didn't know how it was controlled. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he knew what it I, was. 
I love that it fires up and you're just like, well, that guy's going to come down on Hardway. And there's just no jetpack. He just lands. Well, I just but... can't believe he just didn't let go of it immediately. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, really? Like that, you... That's the most realistic thing about the episodes. They're going to need to like, jump on things that are like running down the road or flying down the road. And you're like, why does he just let go the minute he starts pulling away? Because like there's this part of your brain that clicks into like if I hold on I can might I might be able to stop it. Yeah, it was kind of, it was super funny. Um, I, I love I love that he had to walk back to Moss Espa mm-hmm. with all of his gear, <laughs> just a pack horse and baby Mando or baby Mando baby Jawa oh, Yoda hanging out in the bag. Actually, Get- I have another question then about like sorry before. Going back to the bounty hunters, or the hunters anyway, do you think they work with Boba? Because, like, Ooh, one problem. of them recognized the armor, right? Moff Gideon has put out a bounty on Mando yeah. and Kara and the child, right? So yes. I'm wondering if this is hinting at something bigger, right? Like, Mando uh, could be hunted also by Boba Fett. Like, they could be working together in tangent, or they could be, like, rival bounty hunters that both know they're after the same mark. This is, um, okay, so that's an interesting question, because there's I, a lot know, of I, I theories. I assumed that was going to be the case. You don't trust Boba. <laughs> like, so, like, has Boba been on the planet now the whole time? Like, we thought maybe, oh, at least I did anyway, maybe he's just been hanging out in Tatooine, gave up his bounty hunter ways after he got swallowed by the Sarlacc, and he's just been, whatever, uh, chilling well, on Tatooine. Just laying low, waiting for his moment. Because it's been then, like you don't know well, how, how long is it? Spending that Sarlacc pick, right? Because they take it's been about five years, hundreds of years to digest. <laughs> well, he would have spent less than two days because he would have died of dehydration. Um, Especially right? in Tatooine. Yeah, um, but he, like, has he, like, you when he got out, did he try, try to, right? try to resume his bounty hunting ways? Like, did he just go start working? And now he actually has a ship and he's tracking Mando. Or like with the gaffy stick, I think is what it's called, right? Yeah. Uh, is he been like living on Tatooine, like like one of the sand people? I think okay. So the theory, this is this is what I think. I think he's, I think he's a Tuscan Raider. I could see it. I, I think he. I think after the Sarlacc, right? He gets out. All he of been rescued by raiders too. Who knows? Yeah, Maybe exactly. Raiders. Scavenge sure. out of the Sarlacc because people throw things in there like it's a trash can. Yeah. Or yeah, that or he fired himself out with his with his jetpack. Mm-hmm. Because you can you can rewrite that now, especially with what we saw last episode with the Mando hitting the the pack and firing um, Cobb Banthoff into the distance. Mm-hmm. So he gets himself out of the Sarlacc, but he's hurt or he's he's injured or whatever the case may be, and the Tuscans roll up on him. They capture him, and then he becomes kind of one of them. Because it, like, you look at what he's wearing, it looks kind of. It does look kinda... very like hermitish. It reminds yeah. me of the Fadakin, like the Sand People, or the not the Fadakin, the Fremen. Yeah. From uh, Dune. Dune. Yeah. So I I don't think he's been off planet, but I think for sure he knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so the Empire has fallen. Okay, there goes his money train. Maybe and maybe he gave up his armor because Boba Fett and people taking it from him and trading it, or or that, yeah, 
before he, yeah, he found value in selling it. Mm-hmm. And he yeah, gives so up his bounty hunting ways. Of the Mandalorians, he's, you know, valuing their arms. Well, he's not a Mandalorian, right? That, that's no, the that's thing. True. That is true. He has no honor towards Mandalore. So, like, there's so many questions that we're probably, I would assume, going to get answered with this show, with the Mandalorian. So, there's there's lots... But that's good. I, I want questions. I want I want to learn. Teach me. Um, I, I like when the Mando gets back to Mos Espa and gets to the cantina once again. Uh, we see the cantina that didn't allow droids, but is now run by a droid. Um, we get to see Equal opportunity works. People permanent action. <laughs> yeah, that droid was Luke or Luke Skywalker. It was Mark Hamill's voice. That was Luke. That was Mark. Mark Hamill's voice. That's funny. What is it? Yeah, the the same droid that's in Jabba's palace. Get out of here. <laughs> um, yeah. That table that Dr. Mandible and Polo is sitting at, that's the same spot where Han shot Greedo. Yeah. You can see the, the Greedo mark on the back there. I think there's a it's reference a nod, to that. It's a little nod to the super fans. Yeah. There's actually another when nod to the super fans first. in this. There's another nod to super fans in this too about Greedo getting fried, I think. Um, oh, really? Yeah, and and I think also the guy who directed this episode directed Ant Man. So that Ant is kind of like a fun little thing because he directed Ant Man. He's the Ant guy. He's oh, directing this episode. Directed the episode. That's interesting. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, the Ant Man director directed this one. Fun scene with the child and the creature's eggs, the yeah, traveler's eggs. Peyton Reed was the showrunner for Dawson's Creek. Oh. Very random film director. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, Welcome back to uh, television. We, we, love, we love what the baby is doing. The child. I would like much to see the baby. Um, I love that he's eating the creature's eggs. Oh yeah, the, oh the Greedo reference I was telling talking about was when they're frying up the dragon meat. Oh. Oh the the I can't remember her name, but the lady there. Oh. Um, she says something like, "I like mine medium rare, not well done, like uh, whatever Greedo's race is apparently." Like a Rodian. Like a Rodian. So yes. I think that's a reference yeah. to Greedo <laughs> getting fried, uh, right? Not necessarily that Greedo likes to eat. Um, or Greedo Rodians <laughs> like to eat their meat well done. I think that's a Greedo rip. That's hilarious. Yeah. So there's your deep Star Wars fan joke, Alan. No kidding. Nice. Oh yeah. my goodness. Um, basically, the the Mando has to ferry this creature along, this traveler, to a different planet so that she can give birth to her babies. Because otherwise her species or her family doesn't survive. Yeah, it's the end of her line. So, Mando agrees to do it in order to find the Mandalorians that he's looking for. Um, I like this because I, I, and I said this before we started recording. You can't like. There's been too many people that complained about this episode being garbage because there wasn't tons of action, or there there wasn't Boba Fett, or we didn't see Ahsoka, or any of that nonsense. I, I, exactly. I liked you know, it. Yeah. I, I don't know what you're looking for. 
I can't. You can't expect every episode to be like that first one. It would be too much. It would. You wouldn't, and you you wouldn't would. appreciate it if we had three of those episodes in a row. That third one, people would be like, meh. Well, and yeah, you wouldn't exactly. have story to tell. Again, burnout. Too much action. Well, it's just, yeah, it needs to change. It needs to vary the pace. It needs to, you know, it's an episodic show. Like, there's an overarching story to it, but People it doesn't go fast. People always have about series. Like, they have to, it's ten episodes, folks. This is almost five full films that they're filming. You can't expect every episode to be comprised yes. in a manner that there's chock full of action. It's and on top of that, it's one, it's one season. It's one season in. Yeah, it's one season in an overall story as yes. well. Yeah. Right. Yes. So, yeah. Let it. Let it. Let it. Come let it together. simmer. Let it simmer. Yeah. Uh, so I, I liked it though. I thought it was a great episode. I did too. The spiders were awesome. Do we get tons on. of callback yeah. to There's stuff? Cool like things. That's, yeah. that's yeah. the biggest cool thing. Mm-hmm. We get more character development with the Mando and even with the child as well. Like lady. this is all huge. Yeah. I liked I liked the frog lady. I did too. <laughs> I kinda she did was, after a while. She, yeah. she was kinda cute. <laughs> yeah. Like I like I'll get into that after. So anyway, Mando's flying along. We get the uh, two X Wings pull up next to him, like cops, which is hilarious. And uh, they oh, ask him yeah. about all sorts of stuff. And he just plays dumb. Mm-hmm. And then they figure out, hey, wait a minute, this is the same ship that uh, hijacked or prisoner kidnapping of blah, blah, blah. Uh, what was what was the name? The Bothan? The base there that, um, that, that uh, X-Wings blew up. Yeah. No, no, With not that. Different... Not that. No, no, no. The, um, the New Republic prison. Okay, ship. yeah, yeah. I think it was called like Bothan 5 or something like that. Oh, I thought that was the planet. No, 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 no. That was that was that ship. Okay. Which I which is cool because it's a toss back to the Bothans that died yeah. trying to get the Death Star. See, I thought it was. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I thought if there was that Filoni who's back as that pilot. Like he was in that raid on that. Blew he up was Mantor's there. Old buddy station. Yes, he was. He was. So I had a feel. I thought that it was him that was kind of like, hey, wait a minute, I recognize this ship because he'd actually literally seen it. And that's why it's like change over to channel two. Yeah. Also, the other character, the other gentleman, Canadian. Apparently, he's so, the guy from King, Kim's Convenience. Yes, he is. And he's a huge coast player in Star Wars as well. And loves Star Wars. He's a huge yeah. Star Wars nerd. That's awesome. That's, that's just point awesome. That for some reason, CBC shows really do popular in the States. They really do, eh? Well, Kim's Convenience and Schitt's Creek both have massive followings in the U.S. Really, eh? Schitt's Creek's a fantastic TV show. Yeah, yeah. we should do a podcast on that. <laughs> yeah, we should. That's a good show. Anyway, um, so Dave Filoni looks like he might be a reoccurring character every now and then. Uh, don't you hate when the Booker raises himself into the angles? Kevin, it's Kevin Nash all over again. Figure poke a doom coming <laughs> so they get to this weird planet. They're chased by the X-Wings. Uh, Amando pulls this maneuver out of nowhere, which is phenomenal. But then the ship lands on the ground, and it falls through the ice. And they're like, okay, we're stuck here kind of thing. we got to fix everything, blah, blah, blah. Um, Frog Lady takes off and takes her and her babies 
to go sit in like a, I guess a hot spring. Yeah, I guess so. A natural hot spring. Yeah. <laughs> I like that she's naked because she had to use her, I guess her tongue to snap up her wardrobe when things yep. started getting in the hairy. But baby Yoda, uh, <laughs> who's eaten many eggs so far. Yeah. Oh, well, tries he, to go. go yeah, for it. he loves those eggs though. Like he uses the force on them too, right? Like there's something see, weird. Like they they call him somehow. For do you know what I mean? It's like he I, can't resist. Like he knows. Like he's a smart little kid, right? Like like I've actually started to develop a new theory on Baby Yoda because of this episode. And, a good call. Uh, and, and like he knows what he's doing. Like he's 50 years old. Like you don't get to be 50 years old and like out in the galaxy uh, and take like 100 years to develop to sexual maturity. Like you just get picked off by predators, right? You got to you yeah. develop fairly quick. He's just his body's growing slowly. Uh, maybe he's like a nose and an ears and he just grows for his entire life, right? Maybe this is actually an adult and he's playing. Like, I think he knows, like he seems to understand a lot of spoken words. So like when the frog lady hacks the droid and convinces Mando to, to get out there and freaking solve this problem yeah. and, and hold and hold true to your bargain. Like he looks at Mando like she's right. You know <laughs> I mean? Like yeah. he seems to get that. He seems to understand when Mando says, no, don't eat them. You know, he seems to understand his ability with the Force to a certain extent, right? Because he knows he can stop the Mudhorn. He like, still what, what eats he... the eggs. Yeah, but like he knows, like uh, with with the droid, when he thinks he blows up the droid in that episode, but it actually turns out Mando's the one that shot it from behind. Like he's kind of blown away that he actually did that, right? He doesn't believe it when he looks at his hand. Yeah. Um, so like he's not a child, right? We call him a child, but I think he is a very like savvy little creature that is playing this off because it gets him things like the like i think the art of deception is like or maybe not deception but surprise is is highly valuable right survival this this, yeah especially because this kid's also or this kid this 50 year old being right who's older than everybody in the show pretty much um you know has had to live for 50 years like it it kind of probably knows what to do to get away with things and how to get its way as well. Quite possibly. And I like that theory too. But you bring up something interesting. When he's standing there and he first comes across the eggs, and he's like using them. And he moves them with the force. Yeah, I was was like, oh, maybe these things are force sensitive. But then he pops one in his mouth and I'm like, oh, okay. But uh, I just, yeah, I don't don't disagree with your, your thoughts on him being cognizant of what's going on around him. Yeah, I think it knows a lot more than we, we give it credit for. Um, him eating the spider? That mm-hmm. was hot yuck. That was hot yuck. Yep. <laughs> that, was, that was gross. I do think... Like I, I, alien. Is that any better than a yeah, Yes! <laughs> no, you're 100% right. I, I, alien was the first thing that popped into my head yeah. there. Yeah, I'm like, uh-oh. Yeah, <laughs> seen alien. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, oh, it's like they oh. can't just go into a cave. Like something has to happen in this episode, right? So call back to rebels, big time with this. Um, these spider creatures, mm-hmm. apparently they were meant to be in Return or sorry, Empire Strikes Back on Dagobah. It's oh. this, this is an actual Ralph McQuarrie creation, but we have seen them before. 
We saw them in Rebels on Adelan, where the mm. Rebels set up their base there. These are those same. Different. No, they're the same ones. They're are just they? on a yes. They're they're Krikna. That's what they're called. Okay. I thought same. they had different mouths for some reason. Yes, they're adapted to the cold. Oh, okay. But the same type of creature, and also, if you've noticed, they're a lot more destructible than the other ones. Mm-hmm. Right? Like they could shoot these ones like crazy, and no problem. But uh, interesting to see that that was brought in there. Like holy, Dave Filoni slash John Favreau, just digging deep into everything that there is Star Wars, and I love it. That's what it's all about. Um, awesome scene where they're being chased by the spiders. Big, small, medium. They get back into the Razor Crest. These things are infesting it like crazy. Uh, Mando is fighting them off. They're doing everything they can to survive. They get to the the cockpit of the, the Razor Crest, trying to shut the door, but these spiders are trying to get in. Uh, one of them, I guess, gets on top of the child and is about to, like, I guess, do its thing on the top of his head. And the child's screaming and scared, and then the frog lady shoots it. Yeah. And, Beautiful shot. Yeah. And she's sitting there shaking because she's terrified. Yeah. Yoda's looking at her going, okay, thank you. And yeah. then. Yeah, in the heat of all that, it's basically like she shot an apple off of the child's head. Right. <laughs> yeah. This is basically what it was. The spider was on top of the kid's head. And it and, was a small one. Yeah, and it was a small one. And she's got this tiny little pistol <laughs> laser. <laughs> and then she shot two more. And then Mando gets them all out. They shut the cockpit. These things are climbing. There's a huge one that falls on them as they're trying to escape. Yeah, that was awesome. And then the X-Wings are just happened to... They just land there? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, they so, were there. Yeah. They must have just been waiting. I guess, eh? For them yeah, to come back. Yeah. Then they see everything and go, oh, shit. So they, they yeah. kill all of them off, and then... Yeah, because cool. I don't... I can't believe that they're, like, their hand rifles were the ones that brought down the big mama spider. I Those have to be X-Wing blasts. Yeah. So they must have, like, blasted the big one and then popped out of the cockpits with their rifles. And they were good shots. Did you see they didn't miss? Stormtroopers. No, they're not. I think that might be another one of those jokes that I th- they have running. Which is, is that really these guys funny. are competent, right? Whereas the stormtroopers were not. Well, I like call back to last season when we see the two stormtroopers there after they they've captured the child and they're shooting at the can or the whatever it is, maybe a womp rat or something, yeah. and they they just miss yeah. it yeah. every single time. They're just no good shot. I love it. It's so good. It's funny. Have fun. You got to poke fun at yourself if you're going to be anything positive. Uh, so, New Republic soldiers, they, they look at uh, Mando and tell him, so you, I guess, freed a wanted criminal, but you also captured three wanted criminals and... You left the, or you tried to make sure that the Republic soldier stayed alive. So they're like, they, they basically, we get to see the Mando deal with the repercussions of his actions, but also reap the fruit of some of the choices that he's made as well. Yeah, because he did the right thing in right. those situations. It's called yeah, character I mean, development. I don't, 
I don't know if it was to him, like he was doing the right thing, but it was like for, or I guess to the galaxy or the New Republic doing the right thing. He was doing the right thing for him, right? Yes. Get yes, these people that... out of my life. But it just so happened to benefit the Republic. So he's he's now uh, reaping the rewards from that uh, selfish you... act that they're looking at a bit of altruism, I guess, maybe. Yeah. Do you find yeah. it? Do you find it fun that it's a bit of a flip the script between the Empire and the New Republic now? Yep. Yep. I love that they did that. I love it. I love that all of a sudden the New Republic is the the cops. They're the troopers that are going around trying to keep the peace. Yeah, and actually, I saw something in a video uh, that it talked about um, right below the windows of the X wings, like you know how they lift up. Pivot yeah. up. There's a bunch of Tie fighters uh, painted on, which people are thinking that may be the um, the number of, of of Imperial ships that they've shot down. They've shot oh. down exactly because they've been out stamp there on the side for strikeouts. Yeah, because yeah. they say that they're out there looking for imps, right? Yeah. So like these guys, I I can't remember which one it is, but they've got more than five, so they're both more than ace pilots, right? I think five makes you an ace. Yep. Right, that's a pretty damn good ratio if you're a fighter pilot. It's no Poe Dameron, but no, no. But like, yeah, they're they're. It's interesting to see, and they're probably bored as hell, right? They're just sweeping sector after sector after sector, trying to find flush out Imperials. Like, it's probably not very exciting. Well, if I'm not mistaken, in that in that Mando documentary from season one, don't they mention the fact that that's the way that uh, Dave Filoni plays the character? Just bored. And like, look he, like it. Yeah, he's just like me. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Which is so funny. Yeah, because he does seem that way in this one too. So they uh, they basically let him go. He asks them for help to repair their ship. They laugh at him and fly off. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. And then he ends up, I guess, starting the ship back up, and they get off planet. But. They have to stay in the cockpit because the the ship is just torn to shreds <laughs> and is just sputtering along in space as we end the episode. So fun episode, lots of callback to stuff. Um, we get a whole new planet. We get to see the Krikna appear and for the first time in live uh, live action, which is always nice. I can't wait for Friday. I can't. So I think we'll probably see. I don't know what you call them. Not a coven, but like of Mandalorians. What do they call them? A, a cache, a clan, a a cabal, a cabal, maybe. I don't know, but I'll be interested to see more Mandalorians. I, I wonder if we'll see Sabine's Mandalorians. Well, you gotta think. Are we gonna come across Death Watch? I yeah, maybe. I don't know. Is wouldn't wouldn't Sabine still be considered Death Watch? I don't know. A Maldalorian? She wouldn't be a Maldalorian. Yeah, I don't know. I have to brush up on Rebels. My, uh, because, my history of what happens there in those last seasons of Rebels is a little yeah. foggy. Yes, because I know that there are Maldalorians, but her clan is they side with them only because they don't have a choice. Once Sabine kind of shows up, she's got the dark saber. Then it becomes a choice, and they fight against them. But that's for a different time. We'll get there. We'll get to rebels yet. 
Um, anything else as far as Mandalorian is concerned? No, nope. yeah. like you said, really excited for the next episode. I, what do you guys I feel expect? like next episode will be a pickup episode. Like there'll be some action in there. That'll sure, sure. Uh, happy. Yeah, I don't know. I could go with uh, the less action one again, too. Like, if they have... I mean, obviously, they're going to be some kind of action sequence. Mandalorian's going to have to... The Mando's going to have to fight someone. I could see him having to, like, maybe pick a fight with other Mandalorians. I I feel like, you know, you you were were talking about a theory where, like, like the Mandalorian isn't a big part of this season. Yeah. Next episode, could see him lose a fight, find himself in a precarious situation. Possibly. Lose the child. Mm Mm-hmm. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I mean, if he comes up up against a group of Mandalorians, he's not going to to win a fight against a group of Mandalorians, right? Yeah. But who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Depends on the situation, right? Like, yeah, they're gonna have to do something, and we can only assume. Well, he's not gonna make it to the planet that he was supposed to go to, right? He has to stop yeah. first and get his ship repaired. So who knows? You... Maybe we'll just have something at this new planet, and that'll be this episode. Maybe this place that he's going to deliver the passenger is two episodes from now. Who knows? Probably. And then after that, that, like let's say maybe that Sabine is introduced then, then well that would be a perfect way to introduce Ahsoka for episode five, which is I think the only episode directed by Filoni. So that would probably work out well in a timeline. We could have Moff Gideon track them down because now, you know, he's probably known to have gone off Tatooine. Um, he's not flying uh, undetected once he lands, this piece of sh- piece of junk, <laughs> destroyed fighter or whatever, <laughs> Razor Crest. Like, it wouldn't be long for him to get tracked down by Gideon or a bounty hunter. So yeah, maybe we could see something like that next episode. I think the second half of this season will be heavy Gideon. Yeah, I think so too. Because you don't, I don't know, you don't want to go into season three with Gideon still being a storyline, do you? I don't know. Maybe we we don't have an overarching bad guy for the whole season, though. Like you'd have to kind of introduce a new bad guy now that's going to take over from Gideon at some point, right? You can't just introduce new bad. I don't know. Maybe I, maybe you could. I guess if you're a good writer, you can do anything. Yeah, it would depend on the the villain, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess Ahsoka could always bring a new villain with her, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's so much to look forward to. Uh, yeah, we'll get we'll get into next next weekend. Um, chapter eleven, which should be a lot of fun, and then uh, of course we've got Clone Wars to talk about. Huge arc in Clone Wars. Uh, speaking of Ahsoka Tano, this is episodes five seventeen to five twenty. To me, it's maybe the most important arc in all of Star Wars. There's so many things at play here. Anakin, um, his push to the dark side. Ahsoka, her leaving the Jedi Order. Why she left the Jedi Order. What happened to her that broke her heart within the context of this whole arc. Uh, it's it's huge. And it all starts on Kata. Nemoidia. Because why not, right? It's under Separatist attack. Um, the Republic answer with Anakin and Ahsoka. And just a continuation of how awesome Ahsoka is as a character. Anakin's Jedi fighter <laughs> takes on yeah. buzz droids. Yeah. 
That scene is hilarious, actually. It, it works two two ways, right? First, yeah. you get the buzz droids on the top of his ship that he force pushes off, which I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. And then R2 fighting. Like, yeah, you picked a fight with the wrong Jedi or something <laughs> yeah. like that, right? Yeah. yeah. And then Ahsoka comments, hey, Master, why is your Jedi starfighter smoking? And he's like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah. And then, boom, he gets knocked out. I don't know how he got knocked out there, but he gets knocked out. Um, yeah. Ahsoka tells R2 to flip the ship so that she sees what's going on underneath. Completely infested with Bustroid. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I just yeah. love it. It's like, it's so, those buzz droids are hilarious. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you can so, see Ahsoka learned well from Anakin after that. Right? Absolutely. So she saves him. She saves, well, I guess she saves him. The starfighter flies over. They think R2's toast, but R2 comes flying up with his newly acquired, uh, improvised or improved. Boosters. Yeah. Yeah. Anakin wakes up. Asks, how did he get here? What am I doing here? What happened? Did I miss anything? And Ahsoka goes, no, not really. I just saved you. That's it. <laughs> and he just kind of is like, the look on his face, I loved it. Because it was like, oh, man, I've taught her well. <laughs> yeah. Like pride in, in, her, in his teachings to her, which I thought was kind of funny. Um... They, they get picked up by Rex. Yoda signals for them to return to the temple. That's kind of one of those things where it's like, uh, you guys got to come back here, or you got to come yeah. into work today. Like, you know it's not good, what's going on on the other end. Yeah. It's just There's, funny that it's always Anakin and Ahsoka. Yeah. Well, you know, and see, They're at but the at center least, of everything, it seems. But at least they give a good reason as to why it's them this time. Yes, but I still feel like it's not good enough because I'm sure not every single sure. Jedi was on the planet. They could have called anybody else. But you know what? The show's about Ahsoka, Anakin, and Obi-Wan mostly, and the clones, so... Yeah, as, we've, why... seen, as we've seen in uh, Attack of the Clones, all the Jedi can all, uh, suddenly arrive on a planet within like a moment's notice, so... No, only Anakin and Ahsoka. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What what I didn't like is Ahsoka is still just a child. Yes, she's advanced as far as what she brings to the Jedi Order as a Jedi, but she's still just a child. She's why like are 16 you sixteen or seventeen? Yeah, why are you sending a child to investigate a bombing? Well, yeah, I guess because they're well, they say that they were off the planet, and and even the Jedi that were on planet are suspects. So. They needed two that were Jedi that were off planet so that they could do an impartial investigation. But when I like get... that it's Ahsoka and Anakin investigating the Jedi Order a little bit, yeah, right? It, the yeah. irony behind that is hilarious, for sure. Yeah. But you get to the Jedi Council, they're sitting there, half of them are in hologram, so mm-hmm. why couldn't you call back two of them? Yep. It, it's yep. just it's silly. Yeah. Um, but whatever. Uh, it so works. Some serious news because there has been a bombing at the temple. It's killed clones. It's killed workers. It's killed Jedi. We get um, we get to see Ahsoka interview some of the wounded. She finds a lead. The wife of one of the potential suspects basically just goes off and says he would never do this. Mm-hmm. Like you have to find him. All this kind of stuff. Uh, the investigation droid alerts them that they have found something. They show up, Anakin and Ahsoka, and it's just the hand yeah. of this guy. 
which is covered in nanobots, which was fed to him by his wife, mm-hmm. which was given to him or given to her by an unknown Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, and it reminds kinda... me of like um, Iron Man 3 for some reason, where like he becomes the bomb. Yeah, a little bit. Except he doesn't survive. No, <laughs> he doesn't. Just his no, hand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I will say this: they kind of give away who the Jedi is going to be fairly early. Think so? Yes. I watching, actually like watching again, it again. Like, I could figure out that it was Barris. I I found out it was Barris when they were talking in the temple, and then Ahsoka says something about we're going to find the person that did this. We're gonna we're going to something something Jedi. Like oh. we're gonna. We're going to make sure that the Jedi didn't die in vain or something like that. And as she's walking out, Barris turns around and looks like sheepish. Like oh, she's, she's super guilty. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. oh, I don't like that they put that in there. I thought that it was. I Okay, now I'm trying to remember why. But I thought they. I thought it was a good way for them to. For Barris to kind of play off that she was sad about the bombing. And, and could the be. Jedi in I, the state of things. And maybe because I knew it was Barris heading into it anyway. Obviously, spoiler alert: it's Barris is the bomber. Um, like I, I didn't play that angle. I went with the. I this looks like she's guilty to me. So if I'm watching this, I'm like, ah, it's Barris. Yeah, I didn't. I think. But that's fine. I, I, I didn't because I remembered how good of a friend she was of Ahsoka's, and I was like, nah. I never right. even crossed my mind. And then, like like to me, she just seems sad for the Jedi. Flush down the truck. And you know what? She is. Because I wouldn't sit there and say that what Barris did was dark side potential. Like, yes, it was yeah. bad. But, like, her reasoning behind it is sound. Oh, it is. It's like, totally she, sound. Yeah. And, and I would agree right. with you. Yeah, and I would agree with you that she is sad for the Jedi Order. Mm-hmm. But before we get to that... um. Oh yeah, there was one line that I really. There's actually a couple lines in this first episode that I really liked. There's one where, where Ahsoka says, um, "I would have thought working for the Jedi paid better." <laughs> yeah, and the, like the bomber lives in the slums. Oh yeah, Just yeah. And then the other them. one that I I really liked was I guess near the end where Anakin says, "There's still going to be Jedi who fight for what's right." I have that exact and, quote down. And to me, that was kind of like. It kind of shows that everything that Anakin has done, he's 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 done it because he's thought he's been right. Yep. You know. Yep. Basically, like because because he believes what he what he speaks, right? Like he's not full of crap. And this is okay. So you say that. This is what I said. That as long as there are Jedi who fight for what's right, it's all worthwhile. And I said, does him, does he specifically refer to himself when he's saying that? I think he is referring to himself. I I agree. Um. It's interesting to see Senate officials at the temple uh, for the Jedi burial ritual. Yeah, that was a why, good callback, eh? Like, I why like would they? Everybody. Yeah, why would they be there for that though? Yeah, I don't know. It they seems, probably don't have to. I think but... that's a. I think that's a an emperor move. Probably. That's a. And I mean, move like with sure. Tarkin there, like Tarkin's yeah. going to be the head prosecutor, so like he could be there to investigate to see anybody suspicious looking around. Right. Maybe you could argue that. And like the chancellor's got to be there to show his respect for the Jedi Order because of the politics and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Ahsoka goes off and says that uh, she thinks the bomber should be dealt with. 
by the Jedi, Tarkin comments that because clones are killed, it makes it a Republic issue. Um, Barris, another kind of giveaway here, curiously comments that she now sees things will never change within the Jedi Order. I missed that line. So she's like, she's just disillusioned by the Jedi. And she's not the only one. Anakin talks about that, right? He actually mentions that there are many Jedi that don't believe this war is what it is and why and why we fight it. So interesting to see that it'd be nice if during the show they showed more of that. But I understand why they don't because they have to show the other side of it. Like uh, back in season one, Kit Fisto meets up with his former Padawan and they go to the, the, uh, the lair of Grievous. How aggressive his former Padawan is. Yeah. It's exactly what is wrong with the Jedi Order. Because he doesn't have that self-restraint. He doesn't have that control. He just he wants to get into the battle and go and go and go, right? So I thought that was interesting that Ahsoka said that. And Anakin even said, like, calm down. That's not the Jedi. Revenge isn't the Jedi way. Um... Anakin and Ahsoka are Which called. We all know make him a liar. <laughs> oh, big time! <laughs> um, Ahsoka and Anakin—they're called to the war room. Tarkin says that Leta, the wife of the bomber, has requested to see Ahsoka. So she goes and sees her, and she's about to spill the beans on who set her up or who who put her up to all this stuff. And then she is force choked. Yeah. With Ahsoka standing right there and looking super worried. They even have it in hollow video, and apparently they don't understand that that's the look of somebody that is scared for what's going on, not actually committing a crime. <laughs> yeah. Well, because the sound was off too, right? The sound was yeah. broken or something. Right. Yeah. Give Barris all the, the credit in the world for setting this up. Yeah, Barris was actually like extremely good. In these, in this arc, like all the stuff that she pulls off, and there's something that I really, really don't like. Yeah. Yes, there's something I really don't like coming up on her, but whatever. Um, so she, she's, she's sitting in her cell after she's been arrested for the murder of Letta. Mm -hmm. Um, this is interesting. Anakin goes to see her, but is told no. Yeah. And does not take it well. No. Oh man, he almost loses his loses his noodle. Yeah. This is <laughs> this is important. Yeah. Because to me, these are more strings being cut that holds Anakin to the Jedi. Yeah. Right. Like he's sitting there going, like this is not right. We know who this person is. Why are we not supporting her? Yeah. And, oh, yeah, and but the clones don't back down either, eh? No, the, the, like, they, they activate their sticks. They're like. General Skywalker, you need to get out of here right now. (laughs) Pretty much, right? Like, they're trying to boss him around. Which is... Yeah, good luck. Yikes. Um, All sorts of help given to Ahsoka to escape. She has a key card sitting at her door. She opens it, and she's running out. She sees that a bunch of clones have been knocked out. That's not good. Who's it, Wolf? Yep. Yeah, that's Plo Koon's uh, leader, right? That's Plo Koon's Rex. So, <laughs> so like Cody, yeah. Wolf chases after her. She runs off as she's running through the complex. She comes across uh, a bunch more of 
the clones that have been lightsabered down. So she keeps running. This is the part that I just don't understand in this episode either. Is why did she keep running? Like, I know that she said that nobody would believe her, but I think her running just makes it like nobody will ever believe you now. Do you know what I mean? I agree. I agree. But I understand why. Because she felt like the only person she could trust was Anakin. Was Anakin going to be able to dig deep into what is going on here without her by her by his she, side? She's also sixteen or seventeen, right? Yeah. Point. And I agree with that as well. Like she's just a kid. She's not handling it in the best way yeah. possible. Yeah. Like you've got Tarkin sitting there bellowing at her. You did this. You did this. Everything points to her being the the criminal when she knows it's not her. And so, like, what I don't like about this is, are the Jedi that blinded by the dark side that they couldn't feel this within Ahsoka? Of course, yeah, it's 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 kind of strange. And how they actually are like ordered to shoot to kill, and Anakin's the only ones there. Do not kill her. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's like, put your weapons on stun. Do not kill her. And we get treated to like one of the sweetest scenes ever in Clone Wars when she's running from the gunship and they're trying to gun her from the, from the air and the, on the dogs and the clone troopers are chasing her. Yeah. I thought that scene was really well done. Well, she's just blocking all of the oh, everything. Yeah. Like, it but was... it's so intense. Like yeah. You can see that it's only kind of a matter of time before she's caught. But, uh, oh man, it's awesome. Then she escapes. Mm-hmm. Down the, I guess, I don't know what you're calling it, the sewer pipes. Sewer pipes, yeah. Uh, Anakin chases her. They get to a spot where Ice comes out. Fugitive moment. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly that, eh? (laughs) Fugitive, yeah. Uh, She says that um, she knows that Anakin trusts her. Now he needs to trust her. And then she jumps down into Sector 13. All Jedi style. And Anakin has to go and talk to the Order again. And then the Order is just... Yep, she did it. Yeah. (laughs) Didn't even... like. I, I, I hate it, but at the same time, I get it. I understand why. It needs to show that the... Order is further falling from grace. Yep. And it does. And who's leading that charge? Windu. Yes. Obi-Wan. Adamant that it's not her. Yeah. Obi-Wan's like, yeah, we should really let Anakin do this. Right? Like, imagine if they didn't let Anakin do it, they would have killed her. Oh. Ooh. Because that's well, probably what would have happened, right? None of the other Jedi would have would have done, like, a non-lethal... He, Addy, and... Yeah, the only two Jedi that were suitable to do this was Plo Koon and Anakin. Plo, because he brought her into the Order, and Anakin, because that's his Padawan. Yeah, I guess the Obi-Wan, too, maybe. Oh, and Obi-Wan, for sure, yes. Mm -hmm. I don't don't know why Obi-Wan wasn't thrown into that. Yeah, I don't know. I guess he was on the planet, so... No, he was there. Yeah, he had other things to do. He was was he not yeah. there though when they were talking about keeping Anakin whether he should be on this mission or not? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Because he was Oh yes, he was. Because Oh no, never mind. That's later. My bad. Never mind. He may have been a hologram, I don't know. Anyway. So Obi-Wan is very adamant that 
Ahsoka, like we know Ahsoka, this we can't just write her off and say that she's this is she's the criminal. Like we need to investigate this. Something's not right here. And Mace Windu is very much nope. She did it. That's Anakin's Padawan. She she probably did it. Yeah. Um, Yoda is kind of like normal Yoda in Yoda between. Seems sad. Doesn't know how to make this decision because he's he's so clouded by the dark side. Um, which I think is important to note because later on down the road, when we get to that point where order 66 has been called and Yoda goes to fight Palpatine, Yoda's not at his fullest height of power No, because of these events, like things like this, which is compounding the situation, right? Um, Plo Koon doesn't believe that she's capable of such things. Ahsoka travels further into the underbelly of Coruscant, is actually captured by another fan favorite, Asajj Ventress shows back up. Yeah, she's good in this. I really like her story. I feel bad for her. You know, like I actually like, I'm sad for Ventress <laughs> I, <laughs> in I, these episodes. I like, I like how they've handled her story because. When we first are introduced to her, she's very angry, right? Like, and we know, we know now we know why she's angry. I mean, if, if you've read some of the books or some of the comics or whatever, we know why she was manipulated by, um, Dooku, by Dooku and lost her master who was a Jedi. She was training to become a Jedi, did bad things because her master died Dooku took advantage of that. And then Sidious saw that she was becoming a force. So so get rid of her. All the stuff that happened with the Night Sisters with Savage. And here she now is as a bounty hunter, just running from place to place, making as much coin as she possibly could. Yep. But has has that moral compass. Yeah, she has grown one, eh? Like she, she's not all evil, and I think no. she's she's starting now. I don't ever remember. Maybe I need to look back, but did she have Sith eyes at one point? I don't think so. Like they've always just been blue, right? I think so. Which wouldn't that go towards the state of somebody who has not given themselves over to the dark side? Completely. Right. Yeah, I think you have to give yourself completely to get Sith eyes. Willingly. Willingly. But Anakin didn't willingly give himself over. Yeah, he kind of did. He was... He was he traded. He traded. He, yeah, but he was manipulated. He, his heart was never into it. Well, his heart was with Padme. Right? Yeah. That was the only thing he has left by the time of Revenge of the Sith comes around. Yes. But that, but again, Anakin had Sith eyes. Killing younglings will do that for you. <laughs> It was after, wasn't it after he killed the people on Mustafar? Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know. Do we get a good look at his eyes when he rolls into Mustafar? I don't. I don't remember. I don't think so. He just goes and he just butchers everybody. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Oh, he's sad. He's very sad when he lights his lightsaber. Master Annie, what are we? <laughs> Ahsoka pleads with Asajj to help her find out who is plotting against her and the Jedi. 
Ventress agrees, but also warns her that uh, she'll turn on her. Yeah, <laughs> whoever the best deal is, eh? <laughs> yeah, doesn't even like. He's like, has it, I'll turn on you. And the thing is, though, is Asajj has the power to be able to do it. Oh yeah. Uh, Anakin and Rex arrive just in time to see Ahsoka running off with Ventress. Mm-hmm. Barris, um, Ahsoka contacts Barris on a payphone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Barris tells her that uh, she has a lead. Go to this place. Ventress leads her there, and then as she's leaving, they have like a a fun little farewell. Mm-hmm. Ventress walks off. She gets ambushed by someone. It's Barrisoffi, who steals yeah. her lightsabers and her helmet, and then Offi assaults Ahsoka and leaves her in a fight, lying next to boxes of nano droids. As Commander Wolf walks up, and Ahsoka's just like, "No, Commander Wolf!" What? Blam! Hits her with a yeah. stun, taking her in custody, and then Anakin and. Ahsoka and the clones, they're flying back, I guess, towards the temple. And everything looks really bad for Ahsoka. Yeah, I was really impressed with Varys here. Right? Because she is... sneaks up on Varys, or Ventress, and takes Powerful her out. enough. Takes her out, yeah. And then she's able to deceive Annika, uh, Annika <laughs> Ahsoka um, by fighting like Ventress. Yeah, you know, and she really does a good job in the fight. Yeah, she does. Um, with Varus's or Ventress's lightsabers, and uh, yeah, it's a very beautifully crafted plan on Barris's part. Like she just really set up Ahsoka so so well. It's well done. You know, it's kind of impressive. I'd like to know the backstory as to why she chose Ahsoka. I don't think she meant to, but I think that was just convenience. Convenient, and you know, as much as she probably hated that it was Ahsoka, I, I'm guessing she probably like hoped with all of her plans that bringing down the Jedi Order, Ahsoka was going to fall anyway. Yeah. From her kind of plans, maybe I don't know. Possibly. Um, yeah. Um. Anakin and Ahsoka are waiting on on the council to find out what the next steps are. The council is seen talking with Tarkin, who suggests that the Jedi kick Ahsoka out of the Order. Obi-Wan, against the decision once again. ki Mundi thinks she's guilty, as does Mace, and Yoda, again, once again, appears stuck in the middle. Doesn't want to really do it. But the council has made their decision. Anakin shits right in the middle of the council. Mm-hmm. Right on the floor. Takes a big deuce. Anakin and Ahsoka are standing there. Anakin already knows that they've made their decision. Once again, more strings cut by the Jedi on Anakin's tethers to the Jedi. Yeah. He's like, this, Pat, this thing is a formality. This trial is a formality. You guys have already decided her fate. Yes. Yeah. Which is just silly. It's silly at this point. Like, are you not... Are you not researching? Are you not investigating yourself what the situation is? Yeah, exactly. You're, well, you're this, just... is, this is kind of why Ahsoka's like, no, screw it, at the end of the episode, right? Oh, 100% she is. It's like as if you guys didn't put your faith in me and trust me and do your due diligence kind of thing. Like how they've we've seen nothing but the Republic try to push on its views and all this stuff onto the Jedi Order, and the Jedi fight it. 
at every turn, right? They're all like, oh, no, this is a Jedi matter. We will decide this as a Jedi Council kind of thing. We've seen this before. Mace has been a big part of that. But yeah. this situation, no, we'll acquiesce to what uh, the Republic wants. Because if we don't, we're going to be seen as a conflict of interest. Yeah. What? Yeah. You're not part of the Republic. No. Not yeah, I guess it's like the politics of it too, right? Like Ahsoka's yeah. been, Ahsoka's been probably out. It's been out of the bag that like it was her. Yeah. Right? And so if the Jedi do defend her, then it's kind of like, well, the Republic's saying this, like that you were defenders of the Republic. So I can see it coming from that angle. It's still um, super garbage. It is. It's not that great. I mean, but I know they had to find out of figure out a way of getting Anakin and Ahsoka separated. I think is, like this was the right intention, but I think they should have built it up a little bit more. I have no problem in the way that they told this story. In fact, I think this is the only way you can tell it. It has to be a bungle by the Jedi Order because yeah. if it's not, then Anakin maybe doesn't. Maybe he's not as affected by the situation. If the if the Jedi do their diligence, their due diligence, and it comes up, Ahsoka's guilty or not guilty, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas here they bungled it. Anakin knows they bungled it. Let's figure this out. Um, yeah. Padme represents Ahsoka for her trial. Tarkin is the prosecution. Anakin then hunts down Asajj because she's got all the information that they need. How terrifying is he in his like his black hooded cloak? Just, just stalking down Ventress. Just <laughs> oh, dark. Yeah. Just dark. No yeah. nonsense from him. Uh, she tells Anakin that Ahsoka spoke with Barris and that she gave them the info to check the platform on thirteen. Anakin confronts Barris. I like the way he does this too. Yeah, he's kind of kind of tricky. Mm-hmm. And then lights his lightsaber, or her lightsaber, I guess, and she pulls out Barris's, and they start fighting. This, yeah. I don't like this. She holds her own pretty good against Anakin. Yeah, I can't figure that one out, too. I, I I'm not a fan of that. Like, I feel like maybe Anakin was just trying to get her to talk or, yeah. or something. But she gets hits in. She does get hits in. I was surprised about that. I mean, like, Anakin obviously just destroys her. In front right. of the younglings. Which is um, kind of funny. And yeah. the same callback, same younglings that uh, we saw with Ahsoka earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, didn't we also see. Um, oh, we, we saw the old guy with a white lightsaber. Correct. He but actually. Pulled, I think, he pulls his lightsaber out. Yeah, he defends them. Yeah. And But I think it's earlier in the episode. We see yes. like, the, the fighting master that looks like Qui Gon. I'm trying to think of his name. Oh, though. yeah. We yes, don't really yes, get yes. to hear. I don't think he talks very much. I think Anakin talks to him, maybe. Yeah. But he's only in there for like one scene. But that, is that like the first time we see that guy? In the show? I think so. That's actually, that's a good point. He's the weapon master or whatever, right? He's the fighting style trainer. I think so. This is on. This is in this episode, right? Five twenty. I can't remember. It's in one. Of, it's in this arc, but I just couldn't remember where it pops up. I wonder. Um, I think. I. Th- I think. Oh yeah, I'd like to know. Oh, that's. See now, I want to know what his name is. 
Because I think you're right. It's either this episode. No, it can't be. It's before she's arrested. I'm pretty sure. It might be... Syndrolic? Yes. Syndrolic. Correct. The Battlemaster and Chief of Security of the Jedi Temple during the Clone Wars. Yeah. It is that guy. Good call. And he looks just formidable. <laughs> and he looks like Qui-Gon. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, he does. Um, Anakin, yeah, like you said, Anakin absolutely gets aggressive at the end of the fight and it just dominates her. Um, the Chancellor is about to read the verdict when Anakin barges in. That verdict is clearly guilty. <laughs> and yep. he brings Barris with him. The... the Barris says the Jedi have fallen to fighting for the dark side and that they are the ones that are responsible for the Clone Wars. She's partially correct. I think everything she says is spot on. I don't think she, I don't think the Jedi are responsible for the Clone Wars. That is Palpatine. Yeah, um, but, but, but he's, but he's the using them to, to, to fight it. Yes, to, he is. And this propaganda machine too, right? Like our troops are fighting along the Jedi. Yep. The Jedi, yep. The Jedi are for sure fighting for the dark side. Um, they for sure have lost their way, and throughout this arc, most importantly, but especially over the first five seasons of the show, you see how lost they are in their way. Mm-hmm. Um, after she's exonerated, the Jedi Council apologize and try to turn it into Ahsoka's trials, mm-hmm. which was pretty garbage. And did you notice who didn't say a thing during that scene? Yoda? No, Mace Windu. Hmm. No, he's Does, the one that says we recognize now this was your great trial, isn't it? You're you're correct. Yes, I'm sorry. You're right. But it's Yoda leading the charge with that, and it should have been Mace. Hmm. But um, Obi-Wan is the only one, honestly, in my opinion, who seems embarrassed and ashamed for yeah. going along with it. And he didn't even go along with it. He was adamant that he did like Yoda even says at one point, right? Like we're not in, um, we're not in unity in our decision. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Yoda says she's allowed back into the order. Anakin asks for her to come back. He hands out her Padawan, um, not bracelet, but uh, I guess braid thing, braid thing, and she closes his hand and refuses and walks away. Yeah, Anakin. Sad. Yeah, I was sad. Anakin chases after her. Obi-Wan even starts to walk after her, but then Plo Koon holds him back. Yeah. Ahsoka looks absolutely heartbroken. Anakin pleads with her to stay, but ultimately knows that she can't. And for all the reasons that he has to leave eventually. And uh, he says that she under or that he understands. And her, she comes back and she says she knows that he he does understand, which surprises him. away from the order. Yeah, yeah, which surprises him. Yeah. Um, and then we see Ahsoka with tears streaming down her face as she walks away from Jedi and from Anakin, severing more ties to the Jedi uh, for Anakin as he watches her leave. Yeah, well, like his last one now is basically Obi Wan, right? Because he doesn't care about the order so much. He's got Pad- and Padme. At this point. And Padme isn't. A and, the, and I guess probably the Emperor. 
right? Palpatine's like his friend and confidant too, right? Those are like his three ties. I wouldn't... Okay, so the Palpatine isn't a tie to him being a Jedi. No. Right? Because the Emperor... tie to him. Like his, yes. those, that's like the only like his nest, whatever. Like his correct his friends or the things he loves, I guess, or cares about at least and believes in. Yes. Mm-hmm. O- Obi Wan for sure is the I think is the only thing keeping him with the Jedi. Yeah. Padme is maybe the thing that keeps him from going full on Sith. Maybe. Though. No, you know what? I don't. I'll if take he that back. Padme, he wouldn't go Sith. I honestly think that. I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. Because he would have resisted the Emperor. He's like, well, why would I want to learn from you? Like, you don't have anything to teach me. Yeah. Right? But the Emperor gets to dangle that carrot of keeping Padme alive. Yeah, I don't right? think I don't think power was a big enough lure for, for no. Anakin. No, because he was a justice person, right? Well, and he was powerful in his own right anyway. Mm-hmm. Right, like what? What additional power does Palpatine offer him? Yeah, well, well, I mean, he does know that there are things the Jedi don't teach him, right? Yeah. Yeah. But as somebody, if if Padme wasn't there, he could learn those things without Palpatine. Yeah, like he could break from the Jedi Order and just go and track down all these old exactly Force bits of knowledge, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Palpatine's biggest link to Anakin is is the draw that he can save pa- uh, Padme. Mm-hmm. Oops, that was a mistake. <laughs> so there you go. That's the end of season five. That's the end of our four episode arc. Maybe to me the most important arc in all of Star Wars because it has lasting repercussions as Anakin is that much closer to giving himself over to the Emperor in order to save yeah. Padme. I feel like this is almost like um, tied for the the Hardeen episodes where Obi Wan becomes the criminal, because like in those ones, Anakin is really deceived and betrayed by the Jedi Order again, right? Yeah, and especially Obi Wan, and especially Obi Wan in that one. Like that one, it's the entire Jedi Order that betrays him, basically, you know, and. Uh, and you can see, like, I, th- I really think that's the tipping point for Anakin, where he's like, you know, screw the Jedi. Or at least he's starting to think it once in a while. I, think, I feel I th- like that episode is the first one, and this is, and that kind of like, that's like, uh, if like his light side path was going up, and then his dark side path is going on, that would be like the peak, where the yeah. change happens. And then this is kind of like where the drop really starts to happen, right? Like if it was like a parabola. I don't know if you can remember math. Like, I, I it's do. very, very steep very quickly, right? I feel I, like this episode is like that steep very quickly part. I agree to an extent. I do think Anakin would eventually be like, okay, I understand why you guys did this. With the Hardeen stuff. Mm-hmm. With with the the Ahsoka stuff, there's just, there's no understanding it. Right? Like, the only things that he understands out of this whole situation is the fact that the Jedi pushed Ahsoka away. Didn't and they were trust, unfair, yeah. Didn't trust in her at all. Didn't trust in Anakin's yeah. judgment. Yeah. Selfishly, if you want to look at it that way. So, yeah, like, it's just, Anakin has never really lied to the Jedi Council either, right? You probably just thing, didn't well, tell him about the Sand People. That would be... And Obi-Wan about the Sand People. Yeah, that would be, the, that'd be it. That and Padme. Yeah. And really, the only person that knows about Padme... Is Obi Wan. 
Mm-hmm. Eventually. But, but yeah, yeah, there you go. Tons of uh, great Star Wars lore tucked in there. Um, I, I love the scene where we get to see the burial of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. I thought that was important to see. Yeah. Um, somber as they as the lights go up. But uh, the biggest thing about these arcs, outside of the fact that Ahsoka leaves the Order and leaves Anakin, which of course is one of the major paths for him to go to the dark side, mm-hmm. is the fact that the Jedi have just fallen so much from where they have been. Yeah. All right. That's it for me. I don't have anything else to talk about as far as uh, our, our show today. Matt, you got anything else? I got nothing. Then we will call it there. We'll see you again next week as we review um, the next chapter of The Mandalorian, Chapter 3, which we're, we're all really, really looking forward to. Chapter and 10? Chapter, oh, chapter 11? Chapter, yeah, sorry, Chapter 11, Episode 3. <laughs> yeah. um, outside of that, we will also be reviewing some more Clone Wars. Uh, yeah. We'll do, what, 601 to 604. Yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't looked at the... Uh... Oh, no, it can't. Yes, 601 to 604. So that'll be the unknown until orders, because then an old friend will begin the Clovis arc there. Okay. And that should... These will be quick episodes. But we're going to get a ton of Star Wars lore coming up, because Yoda uh, heading off to Korriban, which will be really, really interesting. So, there we go. We'll see you. We'll see you next week, right here on... Pod Racers, Star Wars podcast. All right. Stay safe. Watch Star Wars. Every day. All day. Peace out. Take care.